what's up with you? And when I defang the viper, trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere. Jeff, I already put you out. I don't even know why you're out here right now. Keep on talking. Hey, 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 do me a favor. Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting and you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the crew? And Mustafa, you out here, a boy among men. And I'm gonna tell you what. You got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Hafiz, and with me as always is Devin, and we are about to go over NXT TakeOver War Games and WWE Survivor Series Raw versus SmackDown versus, for the first time, NXT. So, yeah, crazy weekend of wrestling, awesome weekend of wrestling overall. Um, just some of our takes here. So uh, we're going to go over all of them in depth. But just to give you kind of a little bit of a, a taste of how our experiences was, I'll, I'll start off with mine. Basically, I had a roller coaster of emotions going into it at first. Um NXT TakeOver usually for me is going to be is is usually something I put my faith in and they've never disappointed me. So I always think, yeah, this is going to be a great show. Mm -hmm. Um, So the only thing that I was a little bit concerned by is because they have the whole thing with Survivor Series and the whole brand supremacy thing. I thought maybe there was a chance that they could have like some of the the Raw and SmackDown superstars invading. I was worried about that, too. Like, hopefully they won't get involved and just that would just drag the TakeOver. That probably it could probably be one of the worst takeovers though ever, ever really because which, of that. yeah because again there really hasn't been a bad takeover at yeah. this point but you know it that really wasn't the case with this one and it and you know i put my faith in them and they they put on a great show as usual so we'll talk about that in a second for survivor series um it, it, again it was kind of like a mix of emotions i'm like man you know the fear was they're gonna squash NXT. Like NXT is gonna take all the pins, and it's just gonna be, you know, like Vince saying, "Hey, you know, you guys had your fun, but you know, at the end of the day, this is all about this Fox deal, and SmackDown's gonna rule everything." And you know, Raw would have a good showing because Raw swept last year, and yes. Seth Rollins is there. You know, like of course they're gonna get their wins, and maybe NXT gets a win or two wins. So, but you know, as we saw, it went a little bit differently from that. But we'll go into more detail on that. So, yeah, Devin, why don't you give us some of your thoughts too uh man i thought it was uh, both shows were good takeover war games was good i thought takeover was excellent because of the storytelling in in the first match of the war games i thought that was fantastic and we were more in depth about that uh survivor series uh it was good uh just a little bit underwhelming towards the end in the triple uh triple main event with the women's with becky lynch uh, Shannon Baszler and Bailey as well. So I thought the finish was underwhelming. Maybe the crowd was just tired. Maybe I was just tired, but I don't know. I, I'll probably have to rewatch that match again. Yeah, I think that would be worth uh, rewatching too. But we'll we'll get into more depth with that. But let's let's jump right into the takeover card. Um, now, full disclosure for for me, I did not see the pre-show matchup. I heard about it later, and I same still here. Seen it. Yeah, so. Angel Garza versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Yep. That's definitely a match I want to see. So it's kind of like a, actually a, almost a blessing in disguise because it's just like an, another match that I get to see 
cool. I'm I'm totally down for that. And those two guys, you know, going at it, I really want to see what that match was all about because both of those guys, I'm big fan. I'm a big fan of. So Angel Garza. Now we I already know who won the matchup. I mean, I'm yeah. just, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet. But I'm gonna go ahead and talk. That just say right now, Angel Garza did defeat Isaiah Swerve Scott in that matchup. So he did get another win, and which makes a lot of sense given the fact that he's still going after the Cruiserweight Championship and the way that match ended. You know, it, it seemed like okay, there's a little bit of controversy there between him and Leo Rush and how Leo ended up winning and retaining. So um, Angel Garza, he's still on that path to potentially getting a rematch isaiah swerve scott he's he's awesome like he's he's just got charisma for days man so i think he'll be i love his theme music man it's so like it's like party like he's just there to have fun man and i like it yeah that energy yeah he's got just just so smooth with everything he does and you know Mm -hmm. the entrance with the like i don't know it's almost like a slow motion like i'm just gonna sit here and pose for a little bit and (laughs) take this in right right (laughs) You know, in the Who's House, Swerve's House. Like, he's got that crowd, yes, man. The NXT yes. faithful are really behind him. Um, so just just love his character. So, yeah, I want to go back and check out that match. Really excited to see that. Um, but let's get into the main card and what actually happened here. And we started off surprisingly to me, I, actually. And, and Same here. I'm, I'm guessing to you, too. Yeah, because yeah, we, we, we said in our predictions. Main event. Yeah, mm-hmm. we thought that this would be the main event. The first ever women's war games matchup uh, would be the main event, we thought. But it turned out to be the opening match on the card. Um, so let's let's just talk about that for, for a brief second. What did you think about the placement of the match on the card? I thought, we you know what? It made sense because of, you know, now that I think about it, because of what, what the men had and Tommaso Ciampa had this special guest. Or not special guest, but uh, you know the fourth person that we didn't know. We didn't know be. mystery person. Yeah. So you know that whole element right there, and you know they kind of gave you like a sneak, not a sneak peek, but showing backstage like who's going to be this fourth mystery person. So it was kind of setting up building the just build, building it up, which was cool. So I understood you know the placement right there. So it made sense to me. Yeah, it made sense, too. And that last spot, I think, also is like you can't really go anywhere from there. So we'll talk about that a little bit, too. But, um, yeah, just just I think that after the fact, I got it. When it happened, when it first got introduced, it made me raise my eyebrow a little bit. Mm -hmm. Really? You know, the first time ever and you're going to open the show with this. But by the end of it, I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. So it, it made sense afterwards. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, we had Team Ripley versus Team Baszler. Uh, Team Ripley was, of course, Rhea Ripley, uh, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Dakota Kai. Uh, which Dakota Kai it, also in pre-show she actually replaced uh, Mia Yim due to a beatdown. I guess uh, situation yep. that had happened to Mia Yim. You know what? I'm not seeing the pre-show like you said was a blessing in disguise because if I would have seen that, maybe I would have thought it was Dakota Kai that attacked uh Mia Yim or see that heel turn coming. Yeah. You, you know, it it it's ba- basically caught me off guard. Yeah, with uh I yeah, I did not know what had happened or why Dakota Kai was on the team. And it made me say, okay, well, she's on the team. It makes sense because of what had transpired before that. You know, Mm -hmm. her, it seemed like it was between her or Mia Yim, but Mia Yim just came out looking like a badass with the, with the, the way she came to their defense and had their backs 
um, basically against uh, Team Baszler, you know, earlier on in, in earlier NXT Wednesday night shows. So it made sense for it to be Mia Yim, but then it made sense for Dakota Kai to be that quote unquote alternate that they could use to sub in for any one of them. Yep. Since she, she, I mean, her, Tegan Ox is her tag team partner, it would only make sense that she would be some way connected to that team. So, uh, yeah, I, and, and I didn't see what was yet to come. Um, I didn't see that coming. I was su- genuinely surprised by where they ended up going with it. So, like you said, I think that, yeah, it was actually good not to see the pre-show. So I wasn't anticipating anything that was about to happen. Um, so, yeah, so Team Rhea and then Team Baszler, Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kaylee Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this matchup. Uh, overall, I mean, everything you wanted to see from these this this matchup and these this group of women, I think we got it in this matchup. I mean, everybody looked good in it. I don't think anybody came out looking like, oh, they were weak or anything like no, that. No, everybody um, looked strong. Yeah, and they started it off perfect. You had Io Shirai and Candice LeRae in the ring kind of yeah. continuing their feud that they've had going on for a while Even now. before that, when they all huddled up and trying to figure out who was going to be you know, the first one to go into the war games and Io Shirai was like, I ain't about to have none of that. I'm just going to go in March there. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, straight up Io Shirai moves. She didn't hold her up with the team and who's going to figure out who's going to be the first one. She's just like, man, get out of my way. I'm going first. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I like that, you know, and, and just like, like you said, or like, well, like I was saying just a second ago too, just their story, you yeah. know, like it just made sense. I mean, that from a story perspective with EO and that group and her just kind of like walking off and saying, no, I'm doing this. That was cool. And that was true to her character. Mm-hmm. And with it being Candice LeRae, you know, it's like, yeah, we, we definitely should start with these two women. Cause they, they have the most, you know, real, like most heat, the biggest feud between all of, out of all of them outside of maybe Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler, right. which are the two captains. So really love the fact that they started the matchup. Um, let's just jump straight to kind of one of the big moments that had happened in this matchup, which was the whole Dakota Kai situation. So it's Dakota Kai's turn to come out to go to go into the, the War Games match. And, you know, she she leaves the cage. She starts to head out. Tegan Knox is a plotter. Like, yeah, go get him. Go get him. And it almost seemed like Dakota Kai heard Tegan Knox's voice and was like just irritated and be like, Oh, I'm finally going to let you have it. Turned around and just kicked Tegan Knox straight in the face. Beat down from there. Crowd shocked, stunned. I was shocked. You know, I'm watching with my brothers. We're all shocked. Like, what is happening? Shock face. Yeah. And just brutal beat down. She takes the door of the cage and just slams it repeatedly into the surgically repaired uh, knee of Tegan Knox. Um, Tegan Knox is selling it just like in tears, just shocked herself, screaming like just in pain. Um, and Dakota Kai is relentless. Referees are coming out. William Regal comes out. Dakota Kai can't be stopped. There's a certain moment where she Dakota put hands Kai pushes, on, w- yeah, William pushes Regal. William Regal. And the crowd and, was like stunned by that because who who puts hands on William Regal? Come on. Yes. The coolest great reaction. of all time. Great reaction. You know, yes. that shows you how over William Regal is too, yes. by the way. Just the fact that just him getting shoved, everyone was like, whoa, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> You know, so that was really cool. 
Um, yeah, and just Dakota Kai just really just saying, you know, enough is enough, you know, and just like I guess pissed off at the fact that she wasn't put on the team in the first place. Um, pissed off at the fact that, you know, now they're asking her to to replace Mia Yim last minute because Mia Yim's hurt and with everything that Shayna Baszler was saying, like she'd be a waste of a pick anyway. Like, you know, it must it just all got to her, I guess. That would be yeah. that has to be it. She just snapped, man. I I couldn't believe it. Like when she got to the top of the ramp and kind of paused. I'm like, and I didn't see it at first when she paused. Maybe I thought, what, like, she's she scared? Is she going to turn around? But then she just got this sinister look and made a beeline for Tegan Knox. Yeah. And just whooped the dog shit out of her. And it was just, it was, it was real violent, man. When she got that, that, uh, that door and just swinging it on her, on her knee, that was a crazy spot, man. It was. It was to the point where I, I, it was almost hard to watch because you know that it was such a big deal when Tegan got hurt, you know, and, and they're torn. I think it was torn ACL is what happened to her. Yeah. And so and both knees really, I think, mm-hmm. have had damage. So for that to happen, even as a spot, like it's it's dangerous for her because she legitimately has bad knees. It's just, you know, she's wearing the braces all the time now. And what's funny, too, is Dakota Kai also has her own leg injury, her own knee injury that yes. she had recovered from. So to have to, to be so remorseless as someone who has gone through the same thing, you're just like, wow, like that takes some real evil to go ahead and do that. Yeah, knowing because she knows the pain that she's going through and she gives zero zero yes. F's about it. So, yeah, man, like and that's just, like your best friend, your, yeah. your, your so-called sister. And like, man, it, it was just crazy, man. I I, I replayed that because, man, more Ronello's response. He was like, what the hell? It, it was just it was just insane, man, just seeing, you know, just her just snap like that. Yeah, and I'll say this. I think it was a much-needed turn also for, for uh, Dakota Kai because it gives both of them, both her and Tegan, a story right away. Oh, yes. Leading going yes. after war games. Cause you could say, okay, they could continue on as a tag team, you know, and that's fine. But I think this is a lot more interesting from a story uh, standpoint. Yeah, they now have is. a story. A lot more substance with this now. Yeah. Cause both of them, like we said, they both returned from injury. So they've been away for a while for a while. And since they came back, it's really just been about, hey, the return, you know, the return from it. But now we got to move forward from that and start to, you know, what else do we can we do with these with these two women? Well, how about having a storyline with them, with, you know, Dakota Kai being frustrated about being left off the team. Then they asked her last minute to be a replacement. And Tegan Knox, her tag team partner, partner was picked right away. Like, OK, there's jealousy there. Cool. Mm-hmm. So Tegan Knox has to deal with the, her best friend just betrayed her, you know, in the in in this, this heinous way. So, yeah, I just think it's going to be a great story to watch and see how it unfolds in these next couple of weeks. I think so, too. You know, outside of the women's uh, championship title, you know, for this to have uh, another storyline, I think this is great, you know, especially for Dakota Kai's character, you know, makes me think, man, what's up with these good girls going bad? You know, (laughs) Io Shirai, you know, just with the whole bad women persona. Now Dakota Kai, she didn't pick it up. So, hey, I'm, I'm down for that now, man. I'm with it. I'm with it. So, yeah, so that was crazy. And because of that, there was a big disadvantage going on for Team Rhea Ripley. Um, And when this happened, because going back to our picks, you had picked 
uh, Rhea Ripley's team to win, and I, I picked did. Shayna Baszler's team to win. And as soon as that happened, I was like, well, I guess Shayna Baszler's team is winning for sure now because <laughs> four on two, this is impossible. I mean, Shayna Baszler, <laughs> Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, Kaylee Ray, the United Kingdom champion. Yes, versus, the odds were against them. Yeah, Candice and Rhea. I was like, wow, this is – how is this supposed to happen? What yeah. is going on? Even I was like, ooh, maybe I should have went with a feet now. <laughs> Man, I don't know about this. I was second guessing myself. I was Dude, like, man, did I, 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 I definitely picked wrong on this one. Man, I thought it was <laughs> over. Because even at that point, Shayna Baszler wasn't even in the match yet. Then Shayna no. went out. Oh, and Shayna was perfect, too, during this. She she went to the cage because, you know, you got the medical the personnel over by Tegan Knox in the cage. And her the countdown happens. Her cage opens up. So then she goes over there. And she's looking. And she's, like, peeking in, like, trying to quote-unquote check on Tegan Knox, Like, I'm just trying to see what's going on. You know, trying to, I helpless. Like, no, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just trying to see. Dude, it was, I love that. And then she, she as she's walking on the ramp, she's counting Taking out the time. team members. Took her time. On one hand, she's like, okay, there's me. There's uh, Bianca. She was just counting out. So one, two, three, four on my side. Okay, and then on their side, one, two, that's it. You know, and she just kind of looked at everybody like, oh, okay, four on two. All right. Yep, <laughs> you know, like, here we go. We're that's the <laughs> Right. We got this a lot. Cool. But then, man, I mean, Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae, yeah. man, fought for their lives. Yeah. And, boy, they they it, it was crazy because seeing this, again, I thought, okay, this is over. But the way that they fought, it was like – it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch Rhea Ripley as an underdog, Candice LeRae as an underdog, try to overcome these odds, you know, and just little by little, you kind of felt like, man, even though they're at a disadvantage, there's a chance. Like, there's an actual chance here just because of how how they were fighting. So, you know, a couple things, too. You had Io Shirai pull that top uh, off of the cage moonsault I give that moonsault a 10. That was a perfect moonsault beyond Perfect. 10 man the landing it was oh my god bro io shirai is is arguably the best right now like in-ring competitor in the women's division and one of the best period in in wrestling just the things that she can do in the ring and the things she's willing to do in the ring the risk she's willing to take yes. it's up there with anybody yes when she went up there for that moonsault first of all i was scared i was nervous because anytime someone scared. Yeah, you do a top off of the cage type of move, man. You take one wrong step or your foot slips, it's a disaster. Yeah, the you whole can thing. Tear your ACL, anything can go wrong. She man. could land on her head. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like yep. just off the cage. Like that's just scary, man. So a lot of just a lot of guts to to even attempt something like that. Even being at the bottom and being the person that's gonna take that that you know hit from her. You know that's scary too because if she lands the wrong way on you, man, like you're you're gonna get hurt. You're gonna feel oh, it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So yeah, she set she sets up. She's on top of the cage. She does this pitch perfect, like you said, perfect ten moon salt and just takes out. You know Candice, but then also too, I think it was Bianca Belair that was down there too. Yeah, she kind of took her out she as well. Took her out as well. Yeah, man. yeah. It was beautiful. So, it was. Beautiful. It was a beautiful thing to watch. So beautiful move, beautiful spot. I um, think my second favorite spot from Io Shirai is when Bianca Belair had Candice LeRae kind of pinned down, and she's hitting the ropes back and forth. 
Yeah. And I'm like, when is she going to stop? She's just building up speed, building up speed. And it oh, yeah. Her, man. I'm like, oh, my God. It was, it was, it was, uh, that was it was crazy. It I was crazy, man. I never seen anything like that. Just hitting the ropes, hitting the ropes. Bel Air just egging her on, like, yeah, keep on going, keep on going. Yeah. I'm like, oh, snap. This is about to hurt. <laughs> right. For even for, for more clarification on that, too, when we say hitting the ropes, basically, for those that aren't, aren't getting that terminology, you're running back and forth, like bouncing off of from one rope, bouncing the running the other way across the ring to the other rope, yes. and just continuously Opposite running side. back and yep. forth. Yeah. So when you've got uh, Bianca Belair, who has Candice LeRae kind of like pinned down in a way, in but middle. her head yeah. is exposed like in like uh, she's like bent down, basically, but her head is sticking out. So, you know, it's going to be a running knee, but. Io just keeps running past her and building up speed. And the crowd, too, is just like, oh, my God. Like, how hard is she about to hit her? And I'm sitting there, too, like, wow, this is going to be crazy. Like, yes. just getting hit with this speed. And Io can run, man. Like, she she's did, fast. man. She was charging, bro. Dude, yeah, the momentum she was building up. And then she finally hit her with that knee. I'm like, oh, Candace is dead. That's it. Like, that's it. There's no more. It's over. Like, what, what are we? <laughs> she's out of the match. Just done. Oh, oh man. man! So just great, great matchup overall. And then the finish was crazy too. Um, so you got well, actually, why don't you talk about this one too with Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley at the end with the with the handcuffs? Well, oh man, bro. Well, right before that, I want to talk about what spot it didn't happen, but I like the setup when Rhea Ripley had the two chairs. Well, she brought the, well, she had the two chairs in the ring, put them together. Uh, well, they was both open put them together, set them down together, then got a trash can, put it on top. I'm like, where's this going? And I'm like, oh, she's not about to body slam her. I thought it was about to happen. It was a great tease, though, you know. But I think the whole setup got me really excited for that. Uh, but when Kaylee, was it Kaylee Ray? She, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When Kaylee Ray, she got on top rope, and she was getting ready to jump on her, she straight hit her with the garbage can. Hard as hell. I was like, oh my God. Bro. Threw it right at her. Right yeah, threw it right at her. And then that's when the spot happened. Uh, you know, Shayna Baszler had her in the, the chokehold. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. This is over. Because every time you see it, it's like, yeah, you, it's, you know where this goes. Yep. You know where this goes. Like, it's done. It's like Brock Lesnar hits the F5, you know it's done. Give me this, this, Let's just do the three count. And when she did it, I'm like, oh my God. And then you see her. You see... Uh, see Rhea Ripley stick grab her by the arm I'm like okay yeah just get that arm then she grabs the handcuff handcuff her arm and Shayna Baszler together gets up started kicking the dog mess out of Shayna and then uh, I think Shayna went for a kick Rhea Ripley dodged it did the uh, did her finisher slammed her on the chair one two three I was like oh my god holy shit what a great ending yeah, I mean, the, the part of that that was just great storytelling was Shayna Baszler was the one that brought in the handcuffs in the first yes. place. And she was going to attempt to handcuff Rhea Ripley to the ropes to keep her isolated. And then it would have just been Candice LeRae at that point, which four on one on Candice LeRae, it's game over. Like, that's it. As great as Candice LeRae is, she's also going against another group of four women who could all be champions and two of them are champions. So you think, OK, it's over. And then, you know, but. So it's fast forward to this moment and, you know, she ended up, she did have one arm handcuffed, one of um, Rhea Ripley's arms handcuffed, um, locked in with that handcuff already. So then, you know, she's got her in the finisher and in her submission 
and Rhea Ripley, you know, stretches the arm, like pulls one of uh, um, uh, Shayna Baszler's arms away from her, and then handcuffs herself to Shayna Baszler. So now Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley handcuffed. The moment that I loved here was the look on Shayna's face when this happened. Because she she got up, she, Rhea Ripley got up, had her handcuffed. Shayna Baszler was looking at her, and it was like a, oh shit, like I'm <laughs> stuck with her, and she's like, like she's she's standing above yes. me. We're handcuffed together. I, there's, nowhere there's, to go. There's nowhere to go. It's like this. This is she's got me. So, but of course, Shayna Baszler. I mean, she's she's not gonna give up or whatever. So it kind of like, okay, I'm gonna try to fight you, but no, there was no at this point. Rhea Ripley took advantage, riptide into the the chairs, yes. and just you know one two three just got the pin. Uh, which you know for me it was it was a shocking, surprising, and well and a welcomed win for Team Rhea Ripley in the way that it happened, being that they were at, they were at that disadvantage with the four on two. And uh, yeah, man, just just awesome, awesome, awesome matchup. Great drama, great story. Um, just all eight women just did a great job. You know, like T- Tegan Knox basically was there. It was almost like a you know she took that beat down, but I guess kudos to her for even allowing that to happen. Mm-hmm. She didn't get to get in the ring, which I wish we could have seen her in the ring at all. But it's fine, especially with the it was story. Part that of the story, and we, yeah. we understood it. But it she was you know, it was just great storytelling for that War Games women's match, man. It it definitely caught me off guard. I was just expecting just a big you know hardcore slugfest but I ain't the, the storytelling was just a, a bonus to me yeah I, I I will say I was expecting them to tell a great story only because that's that is what they've been doing these women have just been doing a great job and we talked we've talked about this a couple of times already that mm-hmm. right now and and CM Punk did as well you know that the the women's division right now in wrestling is probably the most exciting thing about wrestling these days there in nxt yes. the men and the women both do their thing but women right now they're they're the wrestling is great the storytelling is great you know on the wwe side on the nxt side that is just it's just so hot right now so you know in terms of a story perspective i did expect there to be a great story especially with what's been going on with shane and rhea ripley building up to this matchup i was really excited to see them finally get in the ring together see you know them interact with each other mm-hmm. i guess the part that i did not expect was specifically the dakota kai heel turn um we talked about dakota kai potentially getting picked for Shayna baszler's team yeah. when she didn't get picked for rhea ripley's team so that was the one thing i did kind of see coming but it, that didn't happen and they ended up doing the heel turn as well instead i should say but um yeah overall i mean i see what you're saying about like you know the the way that some of the story elements happen. Yeah, yeah, I thought like, maybe the story would just be between, you know, Rhea Ripley and Shayna. And Shayna Baszler. I didn't think it would go outside of that, but it did, you know? It did. And it, it did. was great. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, I I loved it. I love this matchup. Just just a great way to start the show. Um and a main event worthy matchup for sure. I mean, this could have been the main event and I'd have been like, yeah, we like we said, we both predicted this would be and ended up not being the case, but it definitely put on a main event worthy oh, performance. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 five stars. Big shots out matchup. to Rhea Ripley, man. That is a superstar in the making. Well, she is going to run that, that for women's a division, man. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second because again, so you know, real. I mean, we won't get too much into what happened in Survivor Series yet. So we'll, but we'll talk about we'll talk about that a little bit later. But just focusing on War Games and what happened here, it was a star making performance for her, and I already thought she was a superstar. But this right here is kind of like, okay, 
you win this matchup, you pin the champion, mm-hmm. you know, in a disadvantage yes. type situation. Like it just makes her look so strong, you know. And for Shayna, what I was thinking they were gonna do was have Shayna beat Rhea Ripley because then Rhea Ripley's momentum, you kind of will say, hey, let's give Shayna a win because that's going to give some people some doubt as to who would win that matchup. But they went the other way, which seeing it, I'm like, I don't have a problem with it because I'm I'm a Rhea Ripley fan. And I still have a lot of respect for Shayna Baszler. It wasn't a championship matchup necessarily. No. So, you know, it wasn't it was a lot one of factors. one. Hardcore, you know. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on Rip there. Rip on two chairs. Like, damn, I expect yeah. to take a pin right there. Yeah, that that's one way to do it. That's one way to do it for sure. But uh yeah, just just I think for for Rhea Ripley specifically, she's on fire right now. You know, yeah. she is just on fire. So the the question I guess is not if but when she gets the title match and when she gets that championship because I think it's just bound to happen. Yeah, man, I think so too. When she gets that NXT Women's Championship, I think she'll bring in a new era. Uh, for that division, you know, because I, I think, you know, you got these eras for the NXT women division. I believe you had the Four Horsemen. Then when they got moved up and moved on to Oscar, uh, you know, and she was running things. And then after Oscar, Shayna Baszler. Now, when Shayna Baszler move up, or I don't know, because now NXT is a certified third brand, mm-hmm. but when she moves on you know you got Rhea Ripley to take over and and it's going to be it's going to be taking care in good hands and you know with Rhea Ripley it'll be in great hands yeah with Rhea Ripley and then the other women that'll be there I mean Io Shirai I can't stop shouting her out like I am really excited to see Io Shirai also kind of take that next step and and be one of the leaders of this women's yeah. division. She was getting love at uh you know we'll go more in depth but she was getting love they were chanting her name at Survivor Series too Yep, yep. Like she's she's legit, man. Just her whole turn, you know. Again, good girl gone bad, but just bad in a great way. Mm-hmm. Like the the entrance, the music, her attitude, everything is coming together, and then the wrestling, everything is just. She arguably is the best overall performer that they have going right now, and I'm I'm just really excited for her. Candice LeRae just has that charisma and that just that lovable overall vibe, yeah. and she's a such a great wrestler. She is that just you have to put her in that conversation as well. I mean this entire match was filled with eight women who all could who can make go. a claim to be yeah the main like the main star yes. you know for that women's division I mean, and Belair oh, man she she yeah. was doing her thing I'm, oh my god her power bomb she was delivering to to Candice LeRae oh my god she did like two power bombs she did two yeah. power bombs and then threw Candice LeRae on the cage and just threw her there and she and Candice yeah. LeRae just fell hard as hell it's like oh my god man she looks strong Bianca yeah. Belair is a beast yeah, she looks strong. She looks strong. Yeah, man. Just great, great matchup overall. Kaylee Ray did her thing, represented NXT UK. Um, I want to see more of her definitely, you know, after seeing this matchup too, because it was just kind of like a great way to shine that light on on that brand as well by, by having her be such a big part of this matchup. Um, so, yeah, man, just everybody involved. Just great yeah. job. Just what a, what a great match. Yeah, and, yeah, um, and Kaylee Ray too, man. I like how she... She was playing it with the crowd when they got all excited when she was outside of the cage getting uh, chairs. And then I think in the, yeah. in the crowd was chanting, we want tables. So she <laughs> picked up a table. The the crowd's like, yeah. And then she threw it right back down. Perfect. <laughs> like Perfect. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, that's Perfect. great. That yeah, that's perfect. the way to get some heat, yep. you know, not giving the crowd what they want with those tables. 
Oh, man, that that's one way to get heat. That was yes. awesome. Yes. I like that a lot. All right, so let's move on to the next matchup. But, yeah, again, just kudos to all the women involved. Great five-star matchup, main event-worthy matchup, man. Awesome job. So the next matchup that we're going to talk about is the triple threat matchup to see who was going to go against Adam Cole Bebe, yes. the NXT champion at Survivor Series. The triple threat match consisted of Killian Dane, Arrow Guy, Damian Priest, <laughs> <laughs> and Pete Dunne. <laughs> the Pete Dunne. So, oh, this matchup, interesting, interesting. I, the whole I would time, love you to know hear what, your thoughts on this. Okay. I, I got to so, hear it. <laughs> so, I was thoroughly convinced that, you know, Damian, the Arrow Guy Priest, was about to win this matchup. And and so I just accepted it. You know, I just watched this match. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just waiting for this to happen. Yeah. And I, I at first I actually wasn't even really that into the matchup. You know, I was just kind of like anticipating this thing happening and just accepting and be like, okay, you know, it is what it is. He's gonna fight on Cole. Cool. The match keeps going, and then a little part of me just started getting this hope, this hope of like, oh, maybe, maybe, because there's a couple of moments where I'm just like. Yeah. Pete Dunne looks like he could actually do this. He had the upper hand a couple times. And he's breaking fingers and joint manipulation. He's doing this whole thing. And I'm like, oh, maybe there's a chance. You know, and even Killian Dane, I'm like, you know what? I'll either one at this point. You know what? If Killian Dane finds a way to win this match, cool. I'm fine with it. But I really wanted Pete Dunne. So, you know, match is going on. Match is going on. And then just out of nowhere, you know, I, I just hear, you know, the, the, the finish happens. And... Pete Dunn is victorious. And gosh, I jumped out of my seat. I was so happy. You have no idea. I was like, the the wrestling gods, thank you. Thank oh, you for making man. this happen. To have Adam Cole versus Pete Dunn at Survivor Series over Adam Cole versus Damian Arrow Guy Priest. It's just, it felt right. I was like, yes, thank you. Thank you, Triple H, for, for not over-pushing Damian Priest in this moment. And giving us a matchup at Survivor Series. That is a literal dream matchup for a Survivor Series. The longest reigning NXT UK champion. One of the longest reigning champions ever. Versus Adam Cole. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I was like, okay, we're getting this. This is awesome. So just, just that's the brief version of, of my take on that really. It's just uh, my experience was in the beginning, I, I, was, I was dreading it. But I was kind of just letting myself accept it. And then there was just a point in the matchup. I can't even pinpoint when exactly it was, but I just started saying <laughs> myself, hope, there's, hope there's, crept in there's somehow, <laughs> somehow there was, there's a chance, there's a chance this could happen. Like, you know, and then, you know, the match just kept going It just kept going. And yeah. I'm like, dude, it was a damn good triple threat match. It bro. was, it was. And so, so, so let me, let me go into Damian Priest a little bit. So Damian Priest, I feel like this matchup here, this is this is was needed. This was a needed loss for me for to to get to a point where I can get over the whole idea of him getting over pushed. Uh-huh. You know, because that that's really I think what I've been feeling is like, look, this guy, he just he still needs work. His character overall needs work, but they're pushing him to the moon, and I feel like he's not quite ready for that. So this is the second loss we've seen him take. You know, Pete Dunn beat him once, and now he beat him again in a triple threat match. It, it's it's to a point now where I feel like okay it's starting to balance itself out and he can he can start to build himself up and create his character and really start to develop a little bit more now 
So, you know, I, I feel like, okay, all right, Damien, now let's see what, what you do with this. Let's see how you come back from a loss. Let's see how you react to this. Like, I'm curious about where they're going to go with this character from here, because now it's not about him just being this, like, unbeatable guy, even though, yes, he did lose that one match to, to Pete Dunne. What did you but think now this of is, his uh, performance? I thought his performance was solid overall. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like he he did a good job overall. I mean, he, he it's I guess I'm I'm still looking more at him from a character standpoint than I am looking at him from a from a wrestling, wrestling? standpoint. OK, because okay. the wrestling, I don't think I've ever had a problem with. You know, I think the wrestling has been solid. You know, he utilizes the kicks uh, really well. Yeah. It's believable. Razor's Edge as well. Yeah, the Razor's Edge. He had a couple spots with that. I thought he was going to pull a, a, like a super Razor's Edge at one point. Oh, hell I think yeah. it was Pete Dunne that he had up there, <laughs> which, you know, was, was like, damn, man, this this is this was really cool. Um, so there was that. And um, oh, what else? Yeah, that the the athleticism, like he does the the jumping off the second rope yep. and flipping out to the outside. He pulled that spot again. I thought that was cool. So wrestling wise, this is not an issue. It's just more about the character and the character development, the 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 level of the push that he's getting. You know, I feel like you know, let's let's take our time with him and let him develop more. You know, and, and, and through that, I think it'll be a little bit easier to stomach, you know, him beating certain superstars because, yeah, you push him right to the moon by beating Pete Dunn, you know, a guy who just just accomplished a whole lot in this business. Like, you know, just just let's let's now start to see maybe he has the feud with Killian Dane after this, you know, and like maybe. They, they have a little bit of a thing. I think I, I would enjoy that and I would be be. um Okay, either way, if he beats Killian Dane, um, you know, after taking this loss now, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, man. With me, I thought the triple threat match was great. It, it was exciting. Uh, when Pete Dunn went over, I can't lie, man. I was excited. Uh, I jumped up, but I was probably more excited for you because I was like, oh, I know. I know Hafiz has got a, a so smile from, from ear to ear, jumping up with joy because the arrow guy, Damian Priest, I'm underselling how how much joy I had. Like literally, <laughs> I jumped up. Like, thank you, thank you, Triple H, thank you, whoever made this happen. Just applauded. Yeah, so happy. I breathed a huge sigh of relief. You know, took a deep breath. Like, oh, okay, I can calm down, I can relax. I can, I can breathe. I can enjoy the rest of this takeover because I know that you know the, my my guy Pete Dunne won. That Damian Priest is not going to be going against Adam Cole at Survivor Series for the NXT Championship. I don't got to worry about potentially. I mean, I never thought that Damian Priest would win that matchup, but there's always going to be that little bit of doubt it's at points of any matchup where you're like, wait, what are they doing? What's happening here? Are they actually going to do this? Like, what what's happening? So. You know, I, I just I was so happy. I was so happy. But again, you know, just to to circle it back to Damian Priest, I think this is good for him. I think for me now going forward, I am curious to see how they let how they make him come back from this. How from a story perspective, they start to what what, what direction they take this with? Yeah, because he had a, you know? to me, he had a great performance. Man, he looked strong. He looked good. Uh, his athletic he he, put, he did definitely showcases his athletic ability. Man. Uh, I love those razor edge spots, especially one of Pete Dunn outside on the table when the table didn't break. They even, oh yeah, that was a look. They even yeah, looked more table, painful. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh my god, the table didn't give. He just, he just basically just slammed his back on it. I was like, oh, you know, that was a great spot. And then the finish too, uh, I thought it was great. Uh, how uh, Pete Dunn won, you know, he just 
he dom he not dominated, but he took his opportunity when Killian Dane well, well he had basically Pete Dunn was on Killian Dane's back and Killian Dane was going for the power slam because he saw Damian Priest right there. He figured he can get knock out two birds with one stone, but I guess he did a misfire and Pete Dunn ended up capitalizing on that. So it was great, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just overall I so you know, the match itself, to be honest with you, I feel like of the matches that we saw, this one was the one that, you know, and they were all great. But this was the one um, on, for me that I was kind of the lowest on going in. Mm-hmm. And after the fact, too, like, you know, it would basically be between this and the Balor Riddle matchup for which one of these was was you know, right there at like four out of the out of the four matches, like which one would be at the bottom, quote unquote. Um, And it's close because this matchup was was really good. Um, I think the story side of it, you know, not being as invested in the overall stories that were being told here and really, you know, Pete Dunne, you know, I I feel like he does a great job in match of, you know, telling a story with the joint manipulation. Mm -hmm. I think with Killian Dane, you know, he uses the the whole aggression and power power moves to really tell a great story, you know, with with um, Damian Priest. It was his athleticism overall. But I think from a character standpoint, I I just I want and I'm excited to see where they go from here with him from a character standpoint, because that's the one part for me in this matchup that's still kind of missing is like from a character point perspective, he doesn't really bring much to the table or as much to the table as some of these other guys. You know, like Killian Dane, he he had all those promos, you know, talking about, you know, his upbringing and, you know, where he's from and just all the chaos he's seen and all that. So I feel like I'm seeing where his character is going and what his character is. You know, with Pete Dunne, there's just so much history, you know, with him, you know, and, you know, NXT UK, you know, and and the um, the. Uh, European uh, strong style group that he's a part of, you know, and then the title reign, like there's just so much that he's done where, but with, with Damien priest, it's just like, he's to me, he's a, he's a blank canvas, you know? And I'm like, there is potential there with that canvas, but it seems like they just wanted to push him without really putting anything into yeah. it. You know, you so never that's know. where he I'm, could I'm end up on. changing or modifying his character. You he know, could. They, think they did cool. that with Baron Corbin. You know, look where he started in NXT and look at him now. Yeah, he's you know, totally different now. Totally yep. different yeah, characters, yeah. bro. I think they need to take this opportunity to look at at that potentially. Not, and I'm not saying completely repackage him necessarily. No, but no, just man. add to his yeah. character. Have him cut some promos. Have him talk about this loss and how this pisses him off. And have Killian Dane, you know, like get in there and mix it up with him. And let them have a feud where they go back and forth. I yeah. think that'd be real cool. I think that would help because we he's barely, he, he rarely speaks on the mic. And when right. he does, it's short. So if we can get like a promo... With him against talking about his loss or you know what's next, I think yeah. that will help, man. Yeah, we've we've only scratched the surface with yeah. Damian Priest. At in the ring, there's there's no doubt that he's got what it takes to be there with with anybody. It's about his character. It's about the stories, and from that standpoint, I'm excited to see now where we go from here. Yeah, man. Same here. 
Cool, cool. All right. So, yeah, I mean, and that, for the record, that's me giving him some credit. So, <laughs> mark that down. I did give Damian Priest some credit. So, you know, it's not just pure nope, hate. Time and just date. Hate on him. 11.42 yeah. p.m. It's, it's, it's <laughs> not just hating on him to hate on him. I just I just want to see more. That's all it is. Oh, so, all right. So, let's move on to this next matchup. Uh, Finn Balor versus Matt Riddle. Why don't you break this one down for us? Oh, yeah, man. So we had Finn Balor going against Matt Riddle. Uh, basically, Matt Riddle wants to get some revenge for taking out Johnny Gargano. And, you know, he said he doesn't respect Finn Balor. So to me, I thought this match, honestly, you know, all the matches are great. But I, I put this match at the lowest. I, I, really? Yeah, I put the triple threat above it. You know, okay. it was just, okay. you know, exciting here was more a bit slow pace. It took me a while to get into it, but when I got into it, it was great. Uh, I loved the whole grappling in the beginning, trying to fill each other out. I thought it was good, but you know, maybe, maybe that, maybe that's what took time for me to get into it. I thought they would just go hit it from bell to bell, you know, but it didn't happen like that. And, and, uh, clarification too i did find now maybe the reason why because finn balor was dealing with an illness i don't know if you heard about that no i didn't yeah so he was dealing with some type of illness when he decided when he was you know facing off with matt riddle as well okay yeah but uh you know for finn balor i thought it was a strong match you know obviously i picked finn balor to go over i love the finish the 1916 uh i thought he was gonna go for his finish the 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 coup de grace but he finished with the 19, which I I like the 1916 better. It's a more violent move. Is it fits his character For this now? Character, yeah. I think that Kuda Grass is more of a face finisher. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty vicious too, though, to just stomp on somebody like that. Like that. That's I think both of them work, and I think the fact that he fin- he um, took out Johnny Gargano. With that move yeah. is what made it really fitting for me to see him finish Matt Riddle with that. But I mean, you know, I guess where I see where you're coming from is face, the face version of his character. You know, that was the way that he always finished his matches. Exactly. So yeah. To change it up, I get it from that standpoint. But just thinking about the the move itself and what it is, like just stomping on somebody like that. That I think that works whether you're a face or a heel necessarily. So I could see that maybe modifying and not necessarily being the way he finishes all his matches. But let's say he's going against a Cameron Grimes, right? Mm. Who likes to do that same stomp, yeah, but stomp, not as, yeah. as impressively. Like I could see him using the coup de grace to finish him off. But then for the bigger matches, you know, okay, if he's going against uh, Keith Lee, you know, let's say, which now Keith Lee, actually, that's kind of a tough one because right, I don't right. even know if Hell, he you get, him, get up. him up there. Right. But it would make it impressive Spice, if right. he was able to do it. Right. <laughs> so I'd be kind of cool. But then he might say, okay, now I can't pick him up like like that again. Maybe he hits it once and then Keith Lee kicks out and then he goes for the coup de gras because, yeah, this is a bigger dude. But, um, you know, I think uh, I like both as finishers i think for this matchup because of the story with johnny gargano that there is mixed into this it made a lot of sense for it to end with that one okay with the yeah with the 1916 yeah yeah uh what do you think fan Balor goes from here who's next? um gosh that's a great question because you know we don't know how long johnny's out i mean i would say it's got to be johnny gargano eventually like you know when so that, that, I mean, I guess if he gets healthy enough, if, if you know, everything works out perfectly, it'd be Johnny. That's what I would say, honestly. Okay. 
and, and just let our listeners know we didn't watch you know we didn't watch uh nxt the right even though today is wednesday we didn't get a chance to watch it you know we're still have to catch up with AEW dynamite as well so even if they explain finn balor's move you know what's next move we're just you know trying to figure out you know basically the the aftermath of takeover yeah because um yeah from here i mean there's not I mean, if you just look at what Finn, what Finn Balor was doing before, you know, when calling people out, like, you know, he, he left uh, NXT a certain way. And now he's got, you know, there's little boys running around, you know, and, and run, running things. So he might take issue with another, you know, person that he feels like, you know, is, is not quite living up to the standards that he he expects. So, you know, but I would say Johnny Gargano makes a whole lot of sense story wise just to kind of continue that if he's healthy. Yeah. Did they if say not how Johnny long he Gargano, was out for or I don't I don't he's even know. Out. I'm not sure. Yeah. We'll we'll just have to see, which also was really weird not having a Johnny Gargano at a takeover. It just felt like something was missing from this a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Morrow mentioned, I think it was three years since, you know, that straight that he had been at pretty much every takeover. Yeah. So, you know, that that shout out to Johnny Gargano yeah. for just, you know, he might being, mention that in in this promo when you come back like, hey, I haven't missed a takeover takeover. And this guy cost me, you know, a, a yeah. match at takeover, you know. Yep. That adds to the story. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the story. But yeah, with just it. uh you know, I guess a well-deserved rest too, also for Johnny Gargano. Like, yeah, he's been he's been holding that torch for a long time. So, you know, get well soon to him. But uh, yeah, I, that's the that's the matchup that I think I'm the most excited to see. Where they go from here, I'm not sure because they really didn't say anything specific. I mean, you know, I still want to see something with Finn Balor and and you know the Undisputed Era and to see if there's any more conversations or you know interactions or something like that with them. You know, maybe teasing a bullet club for you know nxt you know even like that'd be kind of cool i would love to have finn balor have his own faction that would be crazy yeah that really would be i would love that that'll definitely give him more of an edge as well like oh Mm -hmm. man now he got some his boys to back him up like right even if he just got like some muscle like just somebody like a like a like how you know how jericho has in in uh in uh, AEW. oh yeah yeah you know with uh jk having that yeah exactly like just someone like that, but you know, if he has a whole faction too, man, that'd be amazing. Oh hell yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and briefly for me for this matchup, like I enjoyed it. I could, I see what you're saying about it being somewhat like with the rest holds and everything that they did, a little bit um, slower paced. But story wise, like I was actually really into this matchup. I mean, one, it's Finn Balor yeah. coming back, yeah. right? His first. Um, takeover and first match really in NXT since his return. So that was really cool. And I was anticipating how his character would be different in the ring. Um, really wasn't too different short of him just kind of having more of a vicious like look to, to in his face. Like you could see he wasn't he, no smiles like yeah. before. Blue Ballard would smile constantly. Or, or White Ballard with the white shorts. Or White Ballard, Blue, whatever. Red, red Ballard, Brown Ballard. Pumpkin. Yeah. He came out in like, pumpkin before. A, yeah, <laughs> always with a smile on his face, you know, and this one, there were no smiles at all, you know, lights out during the entrance, you know, just kind of like it was all about him, the two guns um, and black and trunks, all black. Yeah, you know, just he was he was ready for business. I think it was purple. There was a little bit of purple. Oh, yeah, a little bit too, of purple in there. Purple. Yep, you're right. Yeah, right. 
But uh, yeah, he was all business. Matt Riddle came out, you know, it was pure Matt Riddle, you know, with the bro, uh, you know, like uh, fist bumps for the crowd you know, everything. And during the matchup, you know, he was, you know, he was him man. he had his 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 pacing the, the way he typically does. It was more Finn Balor kind of slowing things down a little bit with the rest holds. So, um, yeah. And I liked, uh, at the end when he tried to do the, the moonsault and he gave the two, like, uh, the, uh, I don't even know what it's, what it's called, but it's like the cool bro with the thumb and the pinky out, you know, and he did the moonsault oh, yeah. and he, he whiffed. I think he caught the knees of Finn Balor and then that's what left led to the 1916. Yep. Um, so just it, to me, it was a fun matchup, but it did have its slow moments. So I'm not, I'm not going to you know argue with you too much on that. But yeah. uh, overall, I enjoyed it. It was still a fine match, you know. Yeah. And I'm saying all the matches was great. It's just, yeah. you know, if, if I had to rank it, I will say this would be at the bottom. I think because I was anticipating it so much more and that I was enjoying this one from the beginning more so than I did the triple threat. But the triple threat grew on me towards the end. Whereas with, with this one, with Balor and Riddle, like, again, because of my excitement, the beginning, like I was I stuck with it. And then towards the end, when when, you know, they were getting ready for their finish, the match had picked up. So I just enjoyed it for what it was. But overall, I can't argue either way with with either one and someone having a take one way or the other. Um, but, uh, yeah, both both strong matches is just your your pick your poison or whatever your preference was. It's, it's both of them were great. Yeah. And we both had Finn Balor going over because, you know, obviously <laughs> that was obvious. That was obvious. Right. There was no. <laughs> cool. Cool. All right. So let's get to the main event. Team Ciampa versus the Undisputed Era in the men's war games match. Uh, so we have, of course, Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Versus Team Ciampa, Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dijakovic, with that fourth member being kept a secret. Mm -hmm. So, let's get right into that. That fourth member. We had talked about that person potentially being Velveteen Dream. Um, There was a little bit of a thought of maybe if Johnny Gargano was healthy, he would make sense too, in a way. Yep, maybe. Um, So, that would have been a, a thing, but... You know, not in my wildest dreams that I think it would be who it ended up being. Now, it made sense for something else that we were talking about when it came to the Survivor Series matchup. And we're talking about Triple H and how he had kind of been uh, having conversations with certain superstars that used to be in NXT. about Right. About coming back. So we were thinking, well, if this is going to be successful... Somebody needs to turn on specifically on Team Raw to join up with NXT in order to pay that off or just have him successfully have recruited somebody. So, you know, you've got all the members in the War Games matchup in the ring short of this one person. And, you know, the the announced team is like, okay, so we don't even know if we're going to get this fourth person. We still have no confirmation. Mm -hmm. Maybe there will be nobody. So the countdown happens, you know, three, two, one, no music hits, right? You got the Undisputed Era in the ring saying, it's nobody, yeah. it's nobody. Like, don't worry about it, nobody. You see Kyle it's nobody. None's happening. It's not happening. <laughs> right. So, and for a minute, too, I'm like, okay, and I know it has to be somebody, but, man, this is taking a little bit of a minute. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's not going to happen. I don't know. But, nah, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. Well, sure enough, it did happen. And, oh, it. Da-da-da. My God. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. 
<laughs> man. Oh, man, bro. The, I'm one of the, out. One I of the greatest it. moments, one of the greatest surprises that I've had in a, in a long time yes. for anything, WWE, NXT, you name it, whatever company. It, it, this, was, this was great. Kevin Owens, KO, walks down, and I, I just lost it. I was like, what? <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Kevin Owens. Yes. This is what we needed to see. Yes. I was like, Kevin Owens. Then if, uh, right away, I went to, Kevin Owens is back in NXT. Yeah, this is yep. effing crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. He's going to be on Team NXT with Survivor Series. Wow. Oh, my God. So, you know, just jumping to conclusions, all yeah. that stuff, man. I'm just, I'm like, fan booking away but just for this matchup alone i was like wow this is crazy to see kevin owens joining team champa to go against the undisputed era oh my goodness and yeah undisputed era they're looking at it like what the hell is this like <laughs> him being a part of it they were stunned everyone was stunned yeah and yeah it was Adam exciting Cole had the shock face you know how he'd be looking with that shock face this is all bug eye mouth open <laughs> wide open it's just typical yeah. Adam Cole shock face dude man. oh you know, man he had the shit face i was like oh Adam Cole, i feel sorry for you bro and your yeah. team uh, but Dude. it was a great sight. I, I marked out. I, I must have jumped up and shouted in my front room. I'm like, oh, oh, my God. I can't believe it. I, uh, not Adam Cole, but Kevin Owens back yeah. in NXT. Are you kidding yeah. me? What a great. And I, I never thought in my millions of dreams, man, that, you know, Kevin Owens would come back to NXT. Yeah, no, I, no, I did not see that coming. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. I, again, we were talking about either him or Seth maybe joining Team NXT at Survivor Series, not anything about War Games. Yeah. So, you know, being that fourth member, which now that I think about it too, going back, it's like, oh yeah, you could. I guess we could have put that together. Like that fourth member might be one of those guys, you know, joining that team at least just for that one match, if nothing else. Yeah. So, you know, with Triple H playing the seeds and everything. But, yeah, man, just a just a great surprise. So happy to see that. Um, going back a little bit, you know, great pops for, for everybody here. Tommaso Ciampa with that mask, um, you know, that I don't even know where if that's from anything specifically. But he came out with this, like, crazy looking, almost like. Predator uh, or Vega mask from Street Fighter. Something, yeah, something, that, that's yeah. A good way. I mean, immediately, so I'm a big um, fan of the Red Hood. And, like, right away, I was trying to think, like, is that one of the Macs that the Red Hood wore? So I was trying to put that together mm-hmm. but because it, it kind of gave me that vibe with the, the actual hood he was wearing and the, the, the mask that he had. Um, yeah, there's there's so many places it could have been from. But regardless, it was badass. Yeah. So I really loved his entrance. Even when he, he took the, the mask paint. off and he had the face paint, I'm like, oh, man, this yeah. is Kratos from God of He's War. Ready for war. <laughs> He's ready for war. 100%. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, man. So just so happy to to see that entrance. It was so cool for him to come out and just yeah, just overall. The, well, I guess I'll have you break down the matchup, but overall, like I just had a lot of fun with this matchup. Um, with with just just the character moments that we had, um, the the big spots that we had. And we'll get into the the biggest spot, which you yeah. know was a OMG moment for yeah. sure. But uh, yeah, man, break down this matchup, man. What what'd you think? I, I thought this was a Heart pumping. At times, your heart can't stop too during this match as well. It was it, it got scary. Yeah. It was exciting, thrilling. Man, I love everything about this match. Man, it it, it was great. It was violent at, at two great surprises like with Kevin Owens coming in as the mystery fourth member of the team Tommaso Ciampa. It was great. 
Uh, even when it had like like I'm gonna go over some of the spots, man, because some of the spots stuck yeah, out. Please do. Like uh, I think in the middle of the two rings, you got that steel section between the two rings, and you had Adam Cole and Ke- Kevin Owens Kevin going Owens, at yep. it. And then Kevin Owens is kind of almost teasing that he's gonna do a small package pop drop. Like, oh no, he's. I thought this move was banned. I know he's not about to do this. And I'm like, oh, it didn't happen. And then. You know, Adam Cole gets out of it, sets up, and he's getting on the second top rope. You know what's coming next? Panama Sunrise. But it wasn't as fluid because, you know, uh, I guess there was a little delayed. Or uh, if it was a slight botch, but if it was a slight botch, it still worked out because they they were saying, like, he was trying to get his momentum to carry over. He finally got to carry over. Then he finally hit the Panama Sunrise. It still looked devastating, man. It looked crazy. I actually thought, I mean, botch or no botch, it actually kind of looked better this way. Yeah, because that's Kevin Owens being yep. such a big guy. And with Adam Cole, you could see his feet kind of like trying to, to get the momentum to flip over him, right? And so it just looked like he was really trying hard. Kevin Owens was trying hard to resist it. But Adam Cole, eventually the momentum won out. And he was able to, to complete the Panama Sunrise. And it felt even more devastating because with that extra bit of effort to yes. him to, to execute that move, I was like, ooh. And on the middle two, just it was devastating, man. Just a crazy spot to see. It was, it was, man. What were some of your favorite spots? Um, oh man, I mean, I, I, I'm trying Besides to resist to the end. Point. I know, I'm trying to resist <laughs> going to the end there. Um, Kevin Owens frog splash. Um, to it, it at. I guess that one was towards the end, but yeah. he had a frog splash on Kyle O'Reilly because Kyle O'Reilly had done a submission to Dominic Dijakovic. Uh, he was putting him to sleep, and you could see. Now it's funny too because I was like, "Man, if he's passed out, if that if they see that, like that technically would be a yeah, submission victory yeah. for them, right?" Yep. And Dominic win. looked like he was asleep. I don't know. I, I kind of felt like he was he was out out, but whatever. It, it's it was it was not enough time to really for a ref, I guess, to see that that was happening. And then here comes Kevin Owens flying through the sky, just hitting this this devastating frog splash and through a table, nonetheless, on Kyle O'Reilly. I was like, wow, Kyle O'Reilly's dead. Like he just got caught with with that from Kevin Owens. So that was crazy. Um, I mean, in the beginning of the whole War Games matchup, the the whole thing with uh, Roderick Strong and Tommaso Ciampa, they were, they were the two first guys to yep, start off were. the match. And uh, Roderick Strong, at first, he didn't want to get in the ring because you got Tommaso Ciampa with the crutch. And Tommaso Ciampa's like, oh, this is a problem here. Why don't you take the crutch and then you come on and get in the ring? And Roderick Strong's like, oh, you, you're going to give me that? Cool, cool. And so, yeah, he you know, he finally gets in the ring, grabs the crutch and throws the crutch out of the ring. But then sure enough, Tommaso Ciampa goes to town. Yes. And he his pacing in the beginning of this match was crazy, man. Just move after move. He just laid into Roderick, Roderick Strong, which is great. Yeah. Um, now, what was also cool, too, was seeing Kyle O'Reilly be the next person and, you know, I was telling my brother, I was like, wow, we're getting to see this version of the Undisputed Era tag team again. Like, because this is my favorite it was, yes. grouping, yep. you know, pairing Mine's for too. the Undisputed Era. Yeah. yeah. Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly. It was a callback to them as tag team champions. They even did their version of their tag team finisher, too, at a point in this matchup as well, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Just, um, yeah, I just, I, I loved seeing that, that pairing again. So, How yeah, about that man, spot just, when Kyle O'Reilly had Tommaso Chen? Uh, Tommaso Ciampa like pinned up on the ropes while uh, oh man my mind just went blank what's his name Roderick Strong man okay yeah. there we go Roderick Strong when he does when he does the running elbows 
And he was kept oh, yeah. for a minute straight. Just hit him with running elbows, back and forth, hitting the ropes, yeah. back and forth, man. Yeah, that was that was great. I mean, whenever Roddy does that too, it's just such a fun thing to see. Similar to to when Io Shirai was kind of running back and forth and building up momentum for that kick, but it's you know she only hit one. You know she built it up and just like you know you were anticipating that one hit being that that KO that knockout, mm-hmm. right? So with this one, Roddy Strong usually it's like hit after hit after hit, and it's more about just that relentlessness. Like he's just not going to stop. You know, not like hitting this guy, just elbowing this guy in the in the head. So, you know, devastating in its own right, too. So, yeah, that, that it's always a fun spot to see, and even more so in a, in a brutal matchup like this. Yeah, man. This is definitely a, a brutal matchup. So, I guess we could uh, talk about the obvious big spot. Man, yeah, um, let's, let's get to it. Yeah. So, it was, it was kind of a couple of spots leading up to this big spot. I mean, there were tables oh, in the man. ring. Oh, and also to talk about this. So, it was funny in the women's war games matchup. We had um, no said, Kaylee Ray. Yeah. What's that? We, said, uh, we had no tables in the women's. No place. tables. Yeah. Kaylee Ray, tease tables didn't happen. Even Rhea Ripley, you know, was like, no, no tables in this one. So, but then in the men's matchup, Adam Cole goes under the ring. And, of course, he pulls out tables, which is funny because, I mean, Undisputed Era is the heels. You know, Adam yeah. Cole's clearly a heel. But, you know, he gave the fans what they wanted. And, of course, there's a big pop for when he brought out the tables. But he was bringing and out the Tables, Dude, plural. They were I like, I, I, I'm gonna keep going. What was it? Eight, eight, nine tables. Man, something like that. He kept going, bro. But what was, <laughs> what was also funny too. Now that we mentioned that part, is so he brings out all these tables and he sets up one on the outside. And I'm like, okay. Now usually I'm picking up on this trend here where the guy that sets up the table usually goes through it. Yep. Like that seems to be the thing. So Adam Cole setting up that table, I'm like, okay, he's going through it. Even though they're going to sell him putting somebody else through it, which in this case it was Tommaso Ciampa. He was trying to pull him out. But Ciampa got the upper hand, put him on the table, like kicked him through the table immediately. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And Cole just I'm was like, well, out. he's dead. <laughs> he's out. Out like a light, as, as our boy Morrow would say, man. Yeah. Just like – just done. Just oh, it was great. It was funny to see. Oh my gosh! You know, I have War Games running right now, and I just remembered another spot I want to talk about. Kyle O'Reilly selling. Oh my god! With Dominic Dijakovic, he was taking these forearm shots, and he was bouncing yeah, off no, the ropes bro. every time he got the, took a shot. So essentially, you got Kyle O'Reilly getting hit, falling. But since the the two rings are together. He's in the middle on that metal portion, and when he falls, he's hitting the middle rope, so he bounces back to his feet, and then Dominic Dijakovic would just hit him again <laughs> with a forearm, and Kyle O'Reilly goes to fall again, but he can't because the rope keeps bouncing him back up to Dominic Dijakovic. <laughs> so it's just a repeated, like, cartoon-like, like, bouncing back and forth from his forearm to the rope, forearm to the rope. It was oh, funny. Man. That was great. Kyle O'Reilly's the best, man. He's always selling, man, at, at good times. Like, that was a good moment right there, like, yeah, Dodger Kovac was just kept on hitting with the forearm, bouncing up with the rope. Like, yeah, that was a good sighting right there as well. Yeah, so great for him. And then you know, Bobby Fish, I'm sitting here too now, man, just executing the MMA type strikes, you know, with the kicks and just being really like pinpoint accuracy with the with the attacks, which is becoming his thing too. Like, I'm starting to understand what Bobby Fish's style is like more so now, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, again, the Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly team up, you know, that's the one that I'm, I am I most like when it comes to the tag teams of the Undisputed Era, that combination. But with Bobby Fish, they become more of an MMA style team. Yeah, more strikers. It's more about just, just strikers, exactly. Mm-hmm. So when I'm seeing that, and I, and I appreciate it, and Bobby... 
Yeah, I feel like Bobby's healthy. I feel like he's finally, you know, the I don't he didn't wear the knee brace. I don't think at all, you know, during in this in this matchup in the last couple of weeks. So I'm I'm happy for him. I think he looked great in this matchup. So I wanted to shout him out too because you know I think he he deserved that that for sure. Um, so yeah, let's let's get into the the biggest uh, spots of this this night, which was at the end with with uh, I guess multiple big table spots at the end. I mean, we we talked about the Kevin Owens spot. Yeah. Uh, well, Dominic Dijakovic choke slammed. Uh, I think it was uh, Bobby Fish to a table. Then Kyle O'Reilly tried to put the sleeper the like put Dominic Dijakovic to sleep with a submission. It looked like it was working. Kevin Owens then frog splashes him through a table. Yep. Then we had the uh, the spirit bomb from from Keith Lee. Which, by the way, Keith Lee man. This dude has had a hell of a weekend, oh, a hell of a God. week overall. I can't wait till we and break down Survivor Series and talk about Keith Lee. Keith Lee, yeah, because yeah, he had a hell of a moment. But just to shine some light on him, yeah. too, in this matchup, as soon as Keith, like, when it was Keith Lee's turn to come in, like, the crowd was really hot for him. They were saying, you know, oh, basking is glory. And so, you know, just the anticipation. I was anticipating Keith Lee coming in. I was waiting for him to clean house, which he did. And in true Keith Lee fashion, he showed off the athleticism, you know, taking out multiple members of the Undisputed Era left and right. Um, the spirit bomb was stopped so many times by the different members of the Undisputed Era. <laughs> Every time he would get one guy up, another member would pull the leg down and say, nope, you're not doing this. Right. We're not going to spirit bomb any one of us. But at the end, he finally, I think it was Roddy that he got with the spirit bomb, spirit bombed him from the top rope through the the uh, the table that was in the nah, it, it was Bobby Fish. It was Bobby I'm Fish. I'm looking yeah, at okay. it right now. So it was Roddy Literally that got right choke there. slammed there yep. by Dominic Dijakovic. I'm guessing, yeah. Yep, it was. It was. Yeah. So it was Bobby Fish that took the spirit bomb. So and that was the second to last spot of the night. So the final spot of the night was just, oh, my God. So how we scared had, were you when you saw this? I, I hate I love and hate anytime wrestlers go to the top of cages. I yes. talked about it with Io Shirai. Yeah. Like I was nervous for her because I'm thinking, you slip, your your yeah. your foot just goes the wrong way, and this is just a, a terrible moment. You know, from from ultimate excitement to just horror if this if you just make one mistake. Not to so just to make it worse, now you've got two superstars up there. Which was some somewhat of a callback to Adam Cole's matchup with Johnny Gargano, where they were at the top of the top cage rope, and there was yep. a table underneath them. Yeah. So in this situation, we got Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole at the top of the cage. They're both kind of standing up on the top corner, you know, kind of you know fighting for position, trying to get you know do a move, a devastating move to the other one. Tommaso Ciampa ends up getting the upper hand, and he starts setting him up. For a move where basically he would have Adam Cole draped on his back, right? His head kind of facing down, but then cradled under his arm. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's just this. It's uh, what's what's uh, Seamus's with? Uh, is it the Celtic Celtic cross? No, no. What was uh, I know what you're talking about. No, Celtic too. cross is like the razor. Yeah, edge. yeah, yeah. It was the. Know what you're talking about? Oh my god, I hate that. My mind went blank on that too. Yeah, well, just you you remember that, and I'll just keep talking about the the move itself. So he's got basically he's got Adam Cole draped on his back, and he's holding, but his head is facing down, and the, so one of his arms, one of uh, uh, Tommaso Ciampa's arms, is holding Adam Cole's head, 
But essentially, he's draped on his back, and they're standing at the top of this cage. There's a table behind them. So we all know what's coming. Tommaso Ciampa is about to jump backwards with Adam Cole draped on his back and about to drive his head through this table and into the mat. And I'm thinking, please don't die. Like that, that's just the thing. Like he, he, this could, this could go terribly wrong. I was terrified. I was wanting to see the move, but I kind of didn't want to see the move too. I was thinking, you know, I, I don't really need to see this as crazy as it would be, but they gave it to us, man. They, Tommaso Ciampa goes leaping off the top of this cage with Adam Cole draped on his back crashing through the table the table explodes into dust basically adam cole's head and neck driven into the mat and the both guys are are, bodies are just motionless for a second tomaso champa kind of leans over puts his arm over adam cole one two three match over team champa wins but oh my god i kind of cared less about the win and more about okay, are these guys okay? Right, is you know, he like okay? is that especially Adam Cole because Adam Cole and let's let's take it away from the story aspect and, and talk real life for a second. Like you know, with this, I was thinking the way that they fell, there's there's no give for the way. Like Adam Cole is taking this move. There's no way around it. You could see Tommaso Ciampa try to lift up. Uh, Adam Cole, like try to be as safe as possible with this move mm-hmm. and lift up Adam Cole's head just a little bit so that he wouldn't all the pressure wouldn't go yep, to Adam because he did credit his head. You saw how he was, you know, trying to protect him as, as best as he can. Exactly. So that that, you know, was was I mean, just the only thing that Tommaso Ciampa could do to help make the move safe. And just the level of trust that this move you have to have to do this with each other. Like there's nothing Adam Cole can do here. He just has to believe that Tommaso Ciampa is not going to jack this up, that he's going to hold him. And he's going to be able to, to, to execute this move as safely as humanly possible. But you know, it, it was all on Ciampa to muscle him. You can see Ciampa was really taking his time to get him in the right position. And like, okay, you know, I've got to hold. He was at one point he was holding, with one hand, the there was like a, a cord or something he was holding on to to help balance himself, and in the other hand, he's holding the neck of Adam Cole. Yeah, I think it was like the it. the chains that that brings down the the War Games the, cage. The, yeah. yeah, so he's holding that right, and so and you could see Champa trying to use all his strength to like stay balanced and you know hold up Adam Cole at the same time, and I'm just like wow. And I'm like, these guys must really respect each other, especially just because Cole trusting and respecting Ciampa and believing like, hey, this guy's safe. He's going to take care of me in this move. Yeah. So I, I just had such a respect for both of them, uh, such a, a huge amount of fear, you know, watching this move and appreciation for them to to even be willing to do this. Yes. And just like just wow, man. And, and glad to see because both guys competed. At Survivor Series, so both of them were okay, mm-hmm. you know, coming out of this move. So I uh, uh, really, really just grateful for that. Um, Tommaso Ciampa is just coming off a neck injury for for God's sake. Like this is it's crazy for yeah. him as much as it was yeah. for Adam Cole to even attempt something like that. And I talked to somebody who actually uh, was there at the show too, and they were just like, "Yeah, we were we were on the edge of our seats just seeing this and being like, wow." I and mean, they don't have the the replay right, so they don't know. All they see is two motionless bodies, yep. but they don't see. 
in the moment, Tommaso Ciampa trying to be safe with the move and trying to take his time and the way they fell, it's instantaneous. They just see, I mean, sure, like if you look at the the big screen, maybe they're showing the replay there so you can see it a couple times too. But in that moment, you just see them crashing through this table from the top of the cage, man. Like it was just, it was nuts. It was nuts. So yeah, man, give us your thoughts. Because I mean, I'm a big fan of Adam Cole. That's your dude though, your favorite wrestler now between him and AJ Styles. So yes, yeah, like why don't you talk about this a little bit, man? Like my, my heart dropped. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe he just took that big ass bump. Yeah, I and I was like immediately I was like, okay, is he okay? Is he moving? You know, all the wrestlers okay? Because that was just a huge bump, man. Like, to me, I thought it was unnecessary, but it was still exciting, like you said. But, man, it was, ah, I, I was just like, oh, my God. I had my mouth over, I had my hands over my mouth, you know, just like it, like his girl, because they showed Britt Baker on there, man. Yeah. Like a quick five seconds, even more Renelle. Like oh, that's Britt Baker, the the girlfriend of Adam Cole. Like, oh wow, I can't believe they showed her, even though she's on AEW. So, uh, but it, it was still. I, I thought it was a nice touch of showing her looking concerned, probably legitimate concern too, because you know, yeah, even though it's scripted, that's still a tough bump. That's a rough bump to take on two chairs. You're, tw- I don't know, twenty feet in the air, falling down. You know, so it, it was at the end of the day, it was scary. Uh, and I was just worried about, you know, Adam Cole. Like, man, is he going to be at Survivor Series? He, is, is this going to happen, you know, against Pete Dunn? I was thinking about that, you know. So it was, it was a lot, a lot of my mind I, I was trying to process. Yeah, man, it was it was nuts. It was nuts. But what a way to to end the show. I mean, I guess so. Question here is where do you think like not talking about Survivor Series at all, just post Survivor Series and for NXT. Where do you think we go from here with Adam Cole, with Tommaso Ciampa, with some of these other guys? Like, what are some of your thoughts there? (sighs) I think Adam Cole is, you know, like I said, he is the official face of NXT. Uh, And he's not going to drop that belt for a while. Because he, he, you know, I, I look at the the work he put in, especially the the month he had, you know, especially with the the NXT evasion angle, the times he showed up, the matches he had. Uh, so I, I believe he's going to be a, a basically one of the pillars for like like we said before, like how Finn Balor's like one of the pillars for the foundations. I think. You could put Adam Cole as as a pillar as well. Yeah, I think um, hmm. going forward now, I mean, Adam Cole having a longer title reign, we we could see that. I could see that for sure. I mean, I think he's destined to go against Tommaso Ciampa. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's pretty clear. Um, We have a while until the next NXT takeover, it seems. I think the next one is going to be February. Is that the Worlds Collide with uh, NXT versus NXT UK? Oh, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. But they do. I did notice, though, when they said it's February 16th, which is on a Sunday. Mm. So they are changing it up a little bit and saying, you know, instead of having the takeovers on a Saturday, they're going to have it on a Sunday now. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, well, it, I, I think, you know, like I said, Champa Cole is going to happen. I think with you know some of i mean kind of a slight spoiler alert you know with some of the stuff we saw from keith lee 
at Survivor Series um, with Keith Lee at War Games and just this whole buildup, I feel like Keith Lee might be another person that they look at to say, hmm, you know, maybe having Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, you know, in, in a feud at some point during all of this would be, would be something next for Adam Cole um, to see Keith Lee in that kind of a big stage and going against them. And I wouldn't be surprised if Keith Lee ended up being the guy to take that belt from Adam Cole, to be honest with you, because of the way that Keith Lee's story is going and the way his popularity is growing now. Like, you know, I think that would be a, you know, a, a great person for him to potentially lose to and kind of like give that opportunity to, to be the man for a little bit, at least, um, too. I think Keith Lee, Adam Cole, I would I would love to see that. Um, I think Keith Lee has bigger plans. I think he might go to one of the Raw or SmackDown brands. I don't want that. I know, but I have a feeling that Vince McMahon likes this dude. He was showing him a lot of love. He did, but, you know, it's funny. Just saying. So I I do listen to other podcasts. (laughs) Yeah. uh, There was Russell Talk had kind of mentioned this. And one thing that they said, because they had a similar take, where it's like, no, we don't want to see him go on the main roster. And one of them mentioned, you know, Vince McMahon might turn him into the Funkosaurus, which I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what? I can see it. I can see it. No. You know, Keith Lee is just such a fun loving guy. It seems like he no. has that side to him. You know, he could think, yeah, you know, this didn't quite work with Brodus Clay, but uh, maybe, just maybe, Bro. Keith Lee will be no. the guy to. No, I don't. I don't want to see that. Don't, dude. They overproduce everything. They overdo everything. It's just he's gonna say, "Oh, he needs some some comedy." You know, he needs to have fun with it. You know, like who knows, man? Who knows? Bass, and Biggie too, for song, instance. He like he's such a fun. We get add some opera music. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, his song is gonna get tweaked. <laughs> it's definitely gonna get tweaked. Oh boy, some opera, uh, some sing, I, opera singing in the background. Yeah, I can see that, man. Just you know, Mr. Man got to put his touch on there. Yo, man. Jesus. But you know, so, even yeah. though I don't, I rather Keith Lee to stay in NXT. It's just he sticks out. He sticks out like a sore thumb of just I'm just seeing him the love that he gets on on the main brands. I'm like, man, I have a feeling that Vince But McMahon, NXT like, is a main brand now. Well, that's, yeah. That's kind of the thing. Like, he was shown on, on Raw and SmackDown. I'm like, man, those Vince well, so McMahon the, shows. But here's the thing. Though. I think we what we need to do is stop thinking of it as the that they're going to do call-ups. And it has to be more about the storyline making sense. Like the, Here, if you want to say, okay, Keith Lee and some of the top guys that he was in the ring with – at Survivor Series, and we'll get, but we'll we'll go more in depth on this when we talk about Survivor Series. But if he's leaving the NXT because he has unfinished business, let's say with some people there, okay, cool. But you know, in terms of just like getting called up, I think that I'm I'm believing that that is over with right now. That NXT is no longer a place that they're going to do call ups. That it's going to be more about hey, story wise, these two people have a beef. So let's go ahead and let them do that on Raw or on SmackDown. I think that's where we're going with this. Um, now, money is going to dictate that a lot, too, because if they're not paying the NXT guys the same amount that they're paying Raw and SmackDown guys, then, yeah, it'll still somewhat be a call-up situation where, like, okay, you want to get paid? You got to go to Raw. You got to go to SmackDown. But, you know, I think we're starting to get to a point where NXT is getting respected as a, a main roster in and of itself, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and so... I don't I think that for Keith Lee, 
being that that over that over mega superstar. I think you would want that on on uh, the live show, you know, on the Wednesday shows. You would you you need more guys like that who have that you know overall appeal that even casual fans now start to tune in because of Keith Lee. You know, another guy that's like that is Velveteen Dream. You know, we would been we'd been talking about Velveteen Dream moving over to you know Raw or SmackDown for a long time now. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, but they need to keep guys like that. Because they'll be the people that'll make casual fans want to tune in, you know. So um, I hear what you're saying, you know, and I could see it. I mean, definitely, like I said, we keep talking about that Survivor Series. You saw it there for sure. He had Mega Superstar written all over him. But I think that that's perfect for NXT right now, especially that they're continuing to to grow that brand and, and, and legitimize themselves. Yeah, that's true. Those Those are all good points. Like, I think, you know, you know, he can definitely bring that additional viewership to the NXT because of what he has, how he was shown on Raw and SmackDown. So I think that can help. But, you know, I'm just sometimes well, what I see and, you know, and, you know, what and when I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out what's going on in Vince McMahon's head. Like, man, he's showing Keith Lee a lot of love. Like, maybe this is a. Maybe I could see, maybe maybe you'll see him in the future or something like that on on Raw or or SmackDown. I don't know, man. I, but I'd rather have him stay in NXT though. Yeah, yeah. Especially with how I mean, he was just. So, I think. I mean, we we we're gonna get into that Survivor Series. We're like moments away from talking about Survivor Series, but the the brand loyalty that he just showed, you know, for for NXT. And then to move over to Raw or SmackDown, I think it, it will be a while before they do that, even just from that perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I think just just because he was so pro NXT. But, um, yeah, I could I could see it. I could see eventually him. I could see the love that Vince was giving him. And so they're there. That might happen eventually. It, it, as a matter of fact, it will happen eventually that he would be on one of those shows. But I just feel like right now with NXT kind of still trying to establish itself on USA network, that he's a perfect guy to keep around. Yeah, he is, man. He is. Cause that dude has, he just, he's pouring out charisma as well. He's a big guy. You know, I got a, I got a soft spot for these big guys, man. You know, the power game, his power game. I love his power move set and his agility as well, man. So he has the best, best of both worlds. Yeah. And just uh, to go back to that move that um, Tommaso Ciampa did to Adam Cole. So when Sheamus did it, it was called White Noise. That's right. Um, I was trying to find it. I couldn't. White Noise. But then uh, actually Finley uh, used it also. And when he used it, it was called the Celtic Cross, which is kind of interesting because Sheamus also has a move called the Celtic Cross. But that was I think more that like one the is the Razor Edge. Edge. Yeah. Right. But Finley, you know, the he did a running version of it. And that one was called the Celtic Cross. And I guess the the original or one of the original versions of the move, uh, Mariko Yoshida used it. And it was called the Air Raid Crash. So that's kind of the, the original name of that move, the Air Raid Crash, just to give everybody kind of an insight. Nice on name that. to that move. Yeah. ProWrestling.Fandom.com. Check it out. <laughs> Give them a kind of kudos there. Give them a small plug. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? 
Cool, cool. All right, man. So, yeah, just overall, man, five-star plus, 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 plus matchup. This match was great. And, again, we thought that the women's matchup was going to be the main event of the show. But when it was all said and done, you could see why this match was the end of the show. There was no following following this up with anything else. This was a perfect way to just kind of end war games. Kevin Owens showing up. Uh, the big spot at the end, yes. just, just, oh my God, just, just great, such a great matchup overall. Yeah, it was definitely an exciting takeover war games. The whole, uh, even the war games match for for the ladies and the men was just, oh my God, was just, ah, just great. You know, Rhea Ripley is a star in the making. Keith Lee, you know, Tommaso Ciampa, well, just everybody, man. They all show, showed well, man. So yeah, man, hats off to everybody, man. And being safe as well, you know, coming out yeah. safe. That's yeah, important. yeah. Shout out to to safety. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to, to trust. You know, like just they they really they really had they they showed great professionalism yes. in executing that crazy spot. Um, just it, it really makes me feel like like that. Really, just I just love the to see to see that to see that trust that they had in each other and behind the scenes it just showed me like there's a there's a brotherhood really for sure and a, and a sister there's just a family atmosphere with all these people in NXT with all the superstars in NXT to have you know I mean on screen we see them and yeah they're enemies but you know just looking at the moves that they did to each other and, and not just that move that was just kind of like the 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 biggest spot that they had but a lot of the things that these guys do on NXT to each other it takes a lot of of uh, true safety and professionalism and trust to be able to execute what they do in NXT which kind of makes it a little bit more special than what you see on Raw or Smackdown Um, so I just I I love what I saw and it was great to see man it really really warms my heart to to think like wow Adam Cole trusted Tommaso the worth ethic in NXT is I think it's light years ahead of the main well I'm I'm just gonna stop saying main roster just light years ahead of Raw and Smackdown brands yes (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) NXT is the main roster and we'll we'll get into that here in just a second as we close out NXT War Games and transition into Survivor Series but that'll be in our next recording so for now that's gonna cap it off here Uh, for Devin I am Hafiz. We will catch you guys in the next recording. See ya. Peace. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast.